This is MuggleCast, the Harry Potter podcast discussing everything about J.K. Rowling's wizarding world. This week's episode is sponsored by Blue Apron. Check out this week's menu and get your first three meals free, including free shipping, by going to blueapron.com slash MuggleCast. And by Mac Weldon, a daily wear clothing company for men. Mac Weldon will be the most comfortable socks, shirts, hoodies, and sweatpants you'll ever own. Go to MacWeldon.com and get 20% off using promo code MUGGLE. New episodes of MuggleCast are made possible thanks to listeners like you. Please visit Patreon.com slash MuggleCast to support the show and help us grow. In exchange, you'll receive exclusive benefits, including an ad-free version of our podcast. Welcome to MuggleCast episode 313. Micah, Eric, and I are here this week. Hey, gentlemen. Welcome back, Andrew. Thank Welcome you. back. Thank you. Thanks for, uh, thank you to Gina for subbing last she week. She did a great job as always. Yeah, yeah. I uh, appreciate you guys doing an episode even while I was gone. Uh, we are going to talk about my trip to London because I did do some Harry Potter things over there. But um, also on today's show, we're going to talk about some Fantastic Beast news. The new Fantastic Beast book is out. And yes, caused controversy. <laughs> what happened? Oh no! Oh no! What doesn't in the Harry Potter world these days? Right. Um, but first, we have some very exciting news. You didn't. Got, you guys didn't talk about this last episode. We did. We did. Oh, yeah. It was. Okay. It was. It was item numero uno. But it's we, still. We, we it's figured, still important. Yeah, it's important. We figured you want to also just share your excitement about. Yeah. It. So so we did hit our our top Patreon milestone, and we are doing weekly episodes again. Thank you. I, I'm sure you guys said this already, but thank you everybody so much for your support. We really appreciate it. I was uh, about to board my flight to London before. Before uh, when the news came in, so I had a celebratory beer in the oh. airport. <laughs> Look at that! And then I was like, "Oh crap, we have to do weekly episodes." <laughs> <laughs> well, now uh, I think yeah. another reason why it's important is this is actually the last episode of the bunch of month of March, so we will right. be going weekly now moving forward. Right. This mm-hmm. is the last episode. As we've known MuggleCast for a few years now. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's going to be exciting to get into a rhythm with MuggleCast where we're doing them weekly. And thank you again, everybody. So let's talk. Um, how about we first talk about uh, what I did over in London, Harry Potter-wise? Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so I visited the studio tour, the Harry Potter studio tour. Neither of you have been, right? I've been. Oh, that's right. You went. Okay. I have not. I, yeah. Um for me, that was the first time, and I was really blown away by it. In fact, I have a controversial statement to make about it. I think it's just as good, if not better, than the Wizarding World theme parks. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. Uh, now, the reason <laughs> I say that is because well, it's on me when I was walking out of the tour. Of course, you get shepherded through a gift shop at the end of it. Mm. I was looking around the gift store, and it's all all the stuff. It's all the stuff you get at the theme parks, and it just put this idea in my head, and I started thinking about it more. That that you you go to the theme parks to be immersed in the Wizarding World. I don't think you really go there for the rides. At least that's not why I go. I go there to feel like I'm in Diagon Alley or I'm in sure. Hogsmeade. 
and sure. and you, you walk through Hogwarts and you see people walking around in cloaks and whatnot. Just you do it for all those reasons. And you really get the same experience at the studio tour, except you get a whole lot more. You walk through the actual Great Hall. You walk through actual Diagon Alley. You you can walk into Privet Drive. You can you can hop on the night the night bus just like you can in uh, Orlando. You get all these experiences that you actually don't get at the Wizarding World parks, and because for that it's all reason, fake. Well, yeah, and yours for, is the real deal. Yeah, it's as real as you can get, arguably. Mm-hmm. So for those reasons, I actually think that England does have a Harry Potter theme park. It's the Studio Tour, and I highly recommend it to everybody, um, whether you live over in the UK or anywhere else in the world. Did, did you have I, a similar experience, Eric? Yeah, I, I would actually absolutely agree with you. I was worried about – at first, you're like, oh, controversial statement. Did he not like it? it because I, I don't even know what I would say to you if you had. But <laughs> – uh, I, I, I agree. And if you look at it, like the theme park, we've said this, like the theme, the theme park is kind of low on ride count. They, they count attractions like to make a big deal of how many things there are to see and do. But if you're a Harry Potter fan who, you know, grew up reading the books or you're obsessed with the books, you, uh, love the, you know, attention to detail that the films conveyed in their adaptation and you want that extra sort of experience of being in the movies, there's there's no better place, you know, on either uh, coast of the U.S. than the coast of, of England, than, than, than the studio tour for that yeah. experience. It is the sets. It is the people behind one of the most massive undertakings, um, you know, in, in, in literary history. Yeah. Uh, actually talking to you, too. So did you, did you stop to see any of the special like video documentaries that they have playing like yeah. while you're walking through. Yeah, I watched a few of those. Those were those were cool. Um uh, yeah. I spent I spent about 2 2 and a half hours in there, but they were saying at the beginning of the tour that the average person spends about 3 or 3 and a half and then So you should feel bad. You should right. feel really bad. I kind of did at the end of it. Average. In. I know. I know. I at the end of it I walked out, checked the clock and I was like, "Oh, did I do that wrong? Did I miss something <laughs> if I if if I'm below average in terms of visiting time, you, but you gotta go. Do they let you go back in? No, <laughs> no, I didn't bother. But but other benefits of it, of the studio tour over the theme park, it's cheaper. <laughs> There's less lines. <laughs> it's not <sighs> no awfully hot, right? No, if free or parking. You don't have to pay for parking. <laughs> free parking. I actually wondered when we pulled up to the gate if they were going to charge for parking. Nope, it was free. <laughs> and they sell butterbeer, and they actually started selling butterbeer ice cream as well. So oh, wow. I, I had a question, though. You have obviously been to Leavesden Studios before for set yeah. visits. Yeah. How did this compare, if you can remember back to when you visited? It's a really good question. Things were probably much different and the sets were actually being used as opposed to just being on display. But did, yeah. was, was there anything that you could kind of compare? Um, yeah, that is an interesting question. I mean, when, when it was set up, for actual filming, sets were coming and going all the time. They didn't have all those sets set up like they were for the public. So in terms of uh, a presentation standpoint, the studio tour as it is today is far and away much better. But, of course, not, uh, visiting while they are filming is an extremely unique experience. So I'm not sure if you can really compare them, although... I, I, 
it certainly felt different going there because there are a lot more people there and and you see a lot more. One thing that actually did remind me of when I went while they were filming was they had these fenced-in areas that you couldn't walk into, but you could see through them, and there were just all these props stacked mm-hmm. on top of one another. And they had something just like that when filming was going on. And I remember looking through those when filming was going on and just being like, wow, this is so cool. All these props that they use for Harry Potter, they're just sitting right here. Like, just all gathered up. Did you take one? <laughs> no, no. No. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I just I just love seeing – because there's more like when you're walking through that whole vast uh, room, there's so many props that are like up high as well. Like yeah. there's, there's all the theming and all the organization to – telecohesive sort of narrative but there, then there's also just like these um you know combined groups of props like uh up on i don't i would i wouldn't even know what you'd call them like the rocks and above sort of above the area where you're walking through just because there's so much yeah right nikki who's listening live on patreon right now she points out and i think i agree with this she said that the tour is probably more targeted for adults whereas the the theme park tend to be more marketed towards children which may be a reason why uh, personally as an adult i maybe appreciate it more and i think that he's referring to like the rides at the theme park i i I think i think that's true i mean if you think about when you were a kid and you went to a museum you know and you kind of hated it like i've gone back and 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 i've gone back to museums that i did not enjoy as a kid and i've stayed there for until closing like yeah you know it just it's a different but you really 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 appreciate like the history and what people are going for. And like, I'll read a plaque now. Yeah. I wouldn't do that like 10 years ago. <laughs> right. So I, I think the studio tour is very much more my speed now that I'm more of an adult. Yeah. And another element that's a lot of fun, and obviously you can do this at the theme park, but with everything that the studio tour has, you can take pictures everywhere, except for at the very beginning when there's a video introduction. Um, mm. But so you can take a picture of yourself in the real great hall, sitting at one of the long tables like that is unbelievably cool. Uh, same thing. Which, which table can, did you sit at? I sat at the one on the <laughs> far right. Well, actually, they only had one set up, so I didn't really have a choice. I, I was. Well, what about ask, what about? Was it a struggle for you internally? Did, did you go to the Gryffindor table? Did you go to the Slytherin table? Did you sit um, at both? I'd, luckily, how I did you work that out? Luckily, I didn't hit that conundrum. <laughs> did they have the kitchen table at uh, – or not kitchen, dining room table of Malfoy Manor with yes. uh, charity suspended above – like, wasn't that creepy? Yeah. That was actually one of my favorite moments, uh, favorite scenes that was set up because it was the whole table and all the costumes. And I think Snape, his back was turned towards where you're standing, so it almost felt like mm-hmm. he was standing right there. Yeah, and then they also had like a Horcruxes section, like a like a wall, and they had all the props, <laughs> and they were all labeled, so like the diadem, and the others, and then in the center is Harry Potter. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, they got uh, jokes too, huh? Yeah, I thought it was kind of funny. That is, funny. you, they got jokes too. Uh, I I also you, uh, Andrew, while you were over there, you did some uh, PR I saw for uh, for Leaky. For uh, you took some. Photos oh yeah, they had like the leaky cauldron, and I <laughs> I tweeted Melissa. I was like, I took this were, picture for you. The snap. You were you were killing it on <laughs> on Snapchat, killing mm-hmm. it. So I anyway, have a, yeah. one other question though, because you you were there the week that um there were a couple of cast members over there promoting the opening yeah. of the 
Forbidden Forest. So I, I was wondering, did you get the chance to go and see that section, or was it still prior to it opening? It w- it was roped off, and in fact, I don't think it's officially opened yet. I think it ends opens at the end of March, but they were working on it. It's actually right next to that Malfoy Manor scene that Ooh. that Eric mentioned, and and they were doing construction, and you could hear it, and you could smell it. They were like cutting metal or something with what one of those saws <laughs> that does that, and it honestly stunk. Uh, but yeah, it, it's it's from they had long black cloaks covering the entire thing, so it really does look very big. Mm. Um, and, and is this an addition? Is is this uh, sort of an expansion, or is it replacing no. something that was already there? Yeah, so actually my friend who's been there a few times, he noticed that the Ministry of Magic section used to be a lot longer, and they mm-hmm. shortened it so that they could fit the Forbidden, Jan- Forbidden Forest. So they're actually not adding square footage to the studio tour. They're kind of... They've rearranged things to fit right. it in. I, I think eventually they'll need to build a whole other tower for Fantastic Beasts, probably. Probably, yeah. Um, but did they have the, the Hogwarts gates as well, like the front gates of the, of the school? Yeah. Oh, no, no. Why? Did they have that oh, they didn't? there? Yeah, they take up a lot of room, too. So if they organized to rearrange anything, I would think those would be the first to go. Oh, okay. Um, because they're just the gates with yeah. the the pigs on top, but the, the gates take up a lot of a lot of space. Yeah. Um, they, they did have in the in the entryway of the studio tour, like where the cafe is, they had Fantastic Beasts cloaks up uh, Ooh, on display. Whoa. Other than that, that's the only Fantastic Beasts stuff they've had for now. I'm sure with five freaking movies <laughs> they're yeah. going to have, like Eric said, they are going to actually expand and maybe, maybe raise the ticket prices, I think. Uh-huh. It, it, yeah, do you remember what it extra. was? Uh, no, actually my friend bought them, so <laughs> it was free for you. Yeah. He didn't make me pay them back. So did, did they know. have the uh, Hogwarts Express real quick before? Yes. You... Yeah. And that, oh, and that was right before the cafe. No, 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 they, it oh. was, um, no, it was, I guess in between the two sound stages were, yeah. Oh. Right before you go outside. Right. Yes. Right. So in oh, that okay. cafe, yeah, I was, I was a minute ago, I was talking about the cafe that, before you even go in, before the right, train hall. Right, right, Okay. Um, the train oh. was very cool because you can also walk on it. You can walk mm-hmm. inside the carriage. And that surprised me. I didn't realize you'd be able to do that. And that is an actual working steam train. And, in fact, that train... So when it first opened at, at the studio tour, they... Like I said, it's a real train. There's an actual toilet on board... And the person, the person who was ushering people on board, they told me and my friends a quick story that when it first opened, they had forgotten to lock the toilet on the train, <laughs> and somebody actually went into that toilet and used it. But it's not operational because you know it's not hooked up to plumbing or whatever anymore because it's just sitting at the studio door. So somebody actually used it, and then they had to go <laughs> clean it out afterward. <laughs> Oh, but uh, now it's only locks. on MuggleCast. Only on MuggleCast. Now, right? <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. Yeah. So anyway, if you're ever over there, please go. I have a little more to tell you about London, but first, it's time to tell you about Blue Apron. They are the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in the country. Their mission is to make incredible home cooking accessible to everyone, and they do it. Here are a few of the meals they've been serving recently: vegetable chili and baked sweet potatoes with crispy tortilla strips. Spicy shrimp coconut curry with cabbage and rice. A couple of my favorite things about Blue Apron, they're affordable. 
Blue Apron delivers seasonal recipes along with pre-portioned ingredients to make delicious home-cooked meals. And they're easy! Each meal comes with a step-by-step, easy-to-follow recipe card. You can make your meal in 40 minutes or less. It's a great thing to do to unwind at the end of a long day, focus on your hands and the food in front of you instead of staring at a screen like I do all day. It's very refreshing just to work in the real world for a little bit. I want you to check out this week's menu and get your first three meals free with free shipping, all free baby, by going to blueapron.com slash mugglecast. You will love how good it feels and tastes to create incredible home-cooked meals with Blue Apron. So don't wait. That's blueapron.com slash mugglecast. Blue Apron is a better way to cook. So getting back to London, speaking of something you got to do while you're over there, if you're a Harry Potter fan, the Mina Lima exhibition right uh, around the corner from the Cursed Child in London, you have to do that. It's it's three floors of artwork from Mina Lima. They designed everything in Harry Potter and in Fantastic Beasts. Just browsing the gallery, it's free. It's it's just wonderful, and and they don't only have portraits up, but they've decorated the rooms uh, with Harry Potter artwork. So it's just like a floor to ceiling experience. Um, while we were there, we had happened to uh, one of the people working there happened to point out that that uh, Beetle the Bard artwork that was on the wall was um, is actually owned by J.K. Rowling. She had I'm not sure if she purchased it herself. Or hmm. if they had given it to her. But this Tales of Beetle the Bard artwork, I'll have to put a link to it in the show notes, by Lena Lima, is also owned by J.K. Rowling. It's presumably in her house somewhere. So that's kind huh. of a cool fact if mm. you wanted to own something also owned by J.K. Rowling. I bought a piece of artwork while I was there. Oh. I would have. <laughs> uh, what is it? Yeah. Well, so I, I when I went to see the Chris Child in June, Mina Lima was open as well. And uh, and I browsed it, but I didn't buy anything. But um, when I was there, my friend was saying that he really wanted the serious, the Black Family tapestry, the the family tree from Order of the Phoenix. And so he didn't buy it in June. But when we went back a couple of weeks ago, he decided to buy it because he had just purchased a house, so he wanted to get himself a housewarming gift, some artwork for his new oh. home. And then I got a kind of envious. I I decided to buy the thing that really struck me. And this piece of artwork, ever since seeing it in the movie, I've I've always been struck by it. And it's the the Life and Lies of Albus Dumbledore by Rita Skeeter cover mm. art. It's not just the cover, it's also the spine and the back art. It's just it's a complete work, a complete book artwork, if you will. And sure. so I bought that, and I, I bought the the fancier version that is signed by Mina Lima and individually numbered. There are 250 of them in the world, and I own one of them. I just love the cover. It's it's like green and purple, and it's got Dumbledore on the front. That's cool. That's awesome. That's really cool. Yeah. You're going to so, need to uh, very soon get a man or monster, the truth about Newt's commander. Yeah, you know what? <laughs> cover as well. I actually and yeah, well, so we'll talk about that in a couple of minutes. But I, I was I was actually pleased with my purchase because it's kind of relevant again in terms of Fantastic Beasts, thanks to the story we're going to talk about in a couple of minutes. Yeah, yeah. But I see, I see. Most importantly, here <laughs> there was something else that you did that I'm actually very proud of. Um, You're proud over, of me? <laughs> yeah, the UK. You know, I, I once I saw that the um, Pokemon Go app had updated with the new series 
of of Pokemon that you can capture, um, I started playing again. And so uh-huh. I actually saw. I don't remember where you posted this. It was probably on Twitter or or yeah, it was Twitter. Yeah. So and I saw that you that you caught a as you say elusive Pokemon <laughs> over in the UK. So yeah, it was like Micah, I'm still playing Pokemon Go and. In the in the various continents across the world, there's one Pokemon that is exclusive to that continent or country. And over in Europe, or at least in the UK, it's a Mr. Mime. So before even going over to Oh no way to London, I was really adamant about trying to catch a Mr. Mime. But it was difficult for me because I didn't have I was expecting to have cell service, but I didn't because of a problem with my carrier. So I could only get online when there was Wi-Fi, so I couldn't really walk around and try to catch Pokemon. So I was trying every day. Every time I had Wi-Fi, I hopped on Pokemon Go. Didn't see one, didn't see one. Saw them nearby, but I couldn't walk far because I'd lose Wi-Fi. So finally, the last day, I'm in my hotel room and I'm like, all right. One more chance. I load it up, and there is a Mr. Mime in my own hotel. Whoa. <laughs> I freaked out. I was so excited, um, and I threw berries at that thing. I threw Ultra Balls at that thing. I was not <laughs> letting that run away from me, and I caught it, and my trip was complete. I didn't need a, the Harry Potter studio Mr. tour at that point. Mr. Mime was right. caught by Andrew. Nice. So, so I thought I would mention that since we're all – geeks here yeah well where's your next trip right because there's certain pokemon that only pop up in different parts right of, i guess uh, i need the the world Aus- australia anything harry potter happening down in australia do another Da-da-da. yeah you get the antipodean opali oh wait that's not a pokemon um <laughs> do another muggle cast down there like yeah, I don't eric know. did all those years ago <laughs> have you um have you caught the one here in the u.s i think what is it uh tauros, tauros. The, yeah yeah the bull yeah, yes. come on. I have that, don't you? Don't doesn't everybody? I do, yeah. I'm like a level 18 on Pokemon Go. It's pretty depressing. Oh, well, that's I mean, it's not bad. I'm 20. Oh, Hold on, I'm loading it up. I think I'm like 23. I'm 18 too. If we open Wait, Micah, how am I this No, I can't be 18 then. If you were 18, you're always on that. <laughs> I'm 22. Yeah, let's talk about one news story today and then we're going to get to the big news story a little later in the show, uh that new Fantastic Beast book that we mentioned. Um so, <laughs> I don't even know how to answer this. I'm just going to say it. I was going to say, do you have a a little sound that we can, like a cashier, <laughs> the cash register, you know, like when you pull the till and you hear like the the register well, open? What's that, what's, what's that song for love? Wait, is it this? The OJs? Well, they Hold on. Yeah, yeah. The... No, it's Pink Floyd money is what you're looking for. Now, how about this song from The Apprentice? Yeah. So there's a new book coming out. <laughs> I can't get through this listening to this. There we go. We got all the sound oh, yeah. effects working now. So, um, there we go. So, uh, hold on, I'll load that up as well. So, we, we're all familiar with the Harry Potter Illustrated Editions, and now there's going to be a Fantastic Beast Illustrated Edition. This is an illustrated version of the, not the script book, but the new book that just came out a week or two ago. 
and it is going to be pretty pricey. Trying I'm to find curious. the price, but there's illustrations. I just bought the new with the new forward. There's little illustrations in here already from Fantastic from Newt. Yeah, yeah. Newt's Commander's Guide to Beasts is in the first book, in, in the Sorcerer's Stone book. So Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, the illustrated edition, arrives November 7th of this year. Um, it's going to feature illustrations by Olivia Lomanek Gill. So not the same illustrator as Jim, uh, not the same illustrator as the one doing the Harry Potter books. That is Jim Kay. He's busy working yeah. on Prisoner. Of Don't want to overload him. Jeez. No, right. But, I, you know, I thought I had a link in this article. I'm not seeing it now, but... There's so here's another weird thing about this. There's the regular edition of this Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them illustrated edition, but then there's also an illustrated edition that's like a hundred pounds. Wait, illustrated, illustrated or deluxe how, edition? How, Sorry, what did I say? Oh, deluxe. Oh, okay, deluxe illustrated edition. Yeah. So like. I wonder how they chose which beasts get illustrated and which ones right. only get illustrated in the deluxe edition. And I mean, I'm looking through the book, the 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 new one uh, that's non-illustrated, but you still have pictures of like a kelpie, a yeah. plimpy, a quintiped, uh, a couple others here, rune spore, which does not look like it does in the movie. Um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, yeah. And there's like these little drawings, and they they're peppered in. They of course they got rid of the Hogwarts Library comments that like Ron would write in the sidelines. But there's still you know that nice little touch here yeah. and there uh, in this new book. Yeah, I'm sure it'll so. be fun to look through. Of course, the, and mm -hmm. I found the price by the way. The the deluxe edition of the illustrated edition is <laughs> 108 pounds. Oh my god! What is going to be in this? 108 pounds, by the way, is 134 U.S. dollars. <laughs> I think it would be all of the I, all of the spoilers for the future Fantastic Beast movies. That's all I can guess. By the way, that's after a ten dollar twelve uh, a, a twelve pound discount on Bloomsbury's website. So <laughs> I hope it's good. And it makes you wonder: are they going to be doing deluxe editions of the Harry Potter books now? Stop. <laughs> I just here's the thing, though. And and I honestly just can't keep up with all the different versions of Fantastic Beasts that seem to be coming out in in the next few weeks, months already released. I, I I don't know, like I can't keep track of it. So I I don't understand why there's a need for an illustrated edition. You know, it, it, at least uh, I just feel like you're trying to jump on. And mm. I, I I'm not somebody. I know we joke around about it being. A money grab. I, I, do, I don't really believe that deep down inside, but it just feels like you're trying to ride the Fantastic Beast train as far as you possibly can here. And yeah, I it again, this comes back to being something that collectors would be interested in. I know I don't well, right. I don't see it as being something that the average Potter fan is going to go out and purchase, whether it's for charity, not for charity. Um, you know, if you have Fantastic Beasts, chances are that uh, you're content. Um, I know we're going to talk about the new book that's coming out mm -hmm. and all the information that comes along with that. So my question would be, based on the new book that's coming out, is this the illustrated version of that? 
or is it the illustrated edition of the previous book? No, I think well, it, it's the it new. Would, it would be of the new one because what they managed to do in the new one is get rid of some of the conflicts that they had with like Newt's backstory, right? Yeah. Um. So they right. they would only do it of the new one. But I mean, to your point, Micah, like I was at Barnes and Noble getting the book that we're going to talk about today, and on the the table there's an entire table just for Harry Potter. Um. You know, three sixty degree uh, round table. There was not only the Fantastic Beasts uh, screenplay for the film that came out, uh, but there was the uh, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, the book that I got. There was also a Fantastic Beasts film wizardry. You remember the the book film wizardry for Harry Potter? There's a Fantastic Beasts one that's out. There's also a Newt Scamander biography. Uh, which is like not it's it's not as cool as it sounds. It's like something to do with with Newt, but it's like purely from the movie standpoint. Yeah. So it's like a book made on like you know it's a picture book of events that occurred in the movie talking about Newt. And then there's like a pop up book which is like very similar to that as well. But it's like all of this Fantastic Beasts merchandise that I don't even think we covered because no. that's how like ingrained and little it gets and like minute and like different all of this stuff is that's tied into the film it's crazy and yeah those don't really add to canon they're kind of just right gimmicks to sell more fantastic beast movie merchandise and and this illustrated edition is it solely being released through bloomsbury it's not being uh produced by scholastic at all i assume it'll make its way to the states as well it's it's just only appeared on See, it hasn't been officially announced yet. It just appeared on Bloomsbury's website, like in a store directory type thing. The thing is, with all of these different tie-in, like they're treating it like it's still a children's series, but Fantastic Beasts was not. I, I mean, we've made the case before that Harry Potter films are not, you know, kids' movies because they get darker as they go on, right? But like Fantastic Beasts is not a kids' series. There's nothing in it for children. It's a dark and dismal and dreary place. When we get the film next week on home video, you know, I'm sure this will come up in future Mugglecast, but it's not a kid series. There's not like a pop-up book for Fantastic Beasts is a joke because like, I mean, granted the beasts are like kind of the most fantastical and childish of the, that the movie has to offer. But so much of that movie is like for adults, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. Well, speaking of these little books, Although mm. the illustrated one isn't going to be very little, um, in light of, in light of this n- new release, the new Fantastic Beast book being released on Patreon this week, we asked our supporters, "What book from the Wizarding World would you like J.K. Rowling to write next? Next, like what little book? Because we have Fantastic Beasts, obviously, Quidditch Through the Ages, the most recent one, The Tales of Beetle the Bard. What else could she write if she wanted to? Maybe, maybe it could." support comic relief like the other books have in the past we got a lot of feedback as always we have a very engaged audience over on patreon uh one of the popular suggestions was a history of magic by bathilda bagshot i love that idea that would be cool yeah um cody was one of the people who suggested that grace um she kind of cancels this whole segment she says give us the encyclopedia first <laughs> <laughs> Agreed. 
Uh, Caitlin suggests my recent purchase, The Life and Lies of Albus Dumbledore. It would tie into the Fantastic Beasts movies perfectly. That suggestion came in from a bunch of people, too. Or how about Manor Monster, The Truth About Newt's Commander, which we will be talking about in a little bit, which is now canon. The newest book to enter canon. I would I would want uh, Hogwarts a history. That would be cool. A lot of people wrote in about that. Yeah. Um, let's see. What else do we have here? Oh, Amy wrote one of Gilderoy Lockhart's books. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure it would be funny and could be made pretty short. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, I would love a book from Gilderoy just to see if we could tell that he was full of it. You know. How about this one from Sophia? The Four Founders story. Including the Bloody Baron and the Grey Lady and the creation of the Chamber of Secrets, perhaps? That would be cool. Yeah. Of course, that would tie cool. in with Hogwarts of History. Well, it could be like an updated edition, right? Because she just could did be. an updated edition of uh, of Fantastic Beasts, so why not? Yep. Um, Morgan May said uh, the Half-Blood Prince's edition of Advanced Potions. We could see all of Snape's footnotes as well as seeing oh. some more potion instructions. I also think it would be cool with uh, all of the scribblings, kind of like what was done uh, with the two textbooks already published. And then uh, just below that, Jackie said, Ginny becomes a writer, correct? I think it would be cool to have a book written that incorporates that. It would be cool if she wrote a behind-the-scenes of women in professional wizard sport. Yeah. Interesting. I I just came across and love uh, Adrienne's uh, response here. As a bookseller, I think it would be funny if they published the Invisible Book of Invisibility. <laughs> we still joke about it at work when books go MIA. It's probably my favorite joke in Prisoner of Azkaban uh, mm-hmm. when Harry goes to get the Monster Book of Monsters and the guy at Flourish and Blots is like, yeah, we ordered a bunch of those and we never found them. <laughs> I forgot that happened. That's super funny. Um, so thank you. Deep, deep God. Cut. Yeah. Okay. Thank you to uh, everybody who submitted those over at patreon.com slash mugglecast. We're doing a Patreon question uh, once per episode. I guess we'll continue doing them once we go weekly every episode. We'll see. At least a couple yeah. times a month. Yeah. They're always fun to do. Mm-hmm. And that leads us into our main discussion today about this new Fantastic Beasts book. So... We learned about this. So so this happens to get the existing Fantastic Beast book, which came out in 2001, up to speed with the movie, which arrived 15 years later. J.K. Rowling herself never really thought that her little Fantastic Beast book would turn into a five-part film series, let alone one movie when she originally wrote it. So I don't think it was necessarily a surprise when we found out that she would be updating it. The main features of it are a new foreword by Newt Scamander and six new beasts, a few of which appear in the movie. So first of all, I just want to start out with a fun fact. Uh, a, A listener of the show had emailed me. And let me know that they had noticed that their new copy of Fantastic Beasts was missing was missing a paragraph about the hippogriff that was included in his 2001 copy. And he did a side by side picture, and I was like, "Oh, that's that's strange." And he was he was he was confused by it too. 
because the the paragraph that was missing, there was no reason why it would have been cut out. It wasn't like suddenly not ru- it like Fantastic Beasts the movie didn't ruin this hippogriffs. Yeah. yeah. And the other thing was it the paragraph appeared right uh, the the section on the hippogriff right below it is one of the new creatures the hodag one of the six new creatures yeah so his theory was maybe while they were editing it editing it the that extra paragraph got lost when they were inserting hodag so i went to a barnes and noble after he emailed me about this and i picked up a copy and the the second paragraph was there just like just like in the 2001 version what yeah and so I was like, what? Is this guy pulling my leg? I'll have to pull up his name because I have to thank him for this. This mysterious so was, person. Yeah, and I was frustrated. And I, and I was with my brother, and he didn't care. He's not nerdy about it like me. <laughs> I, and so I, I, he was like, who cares? Who cares? I'm like, Ryan, no, Ryan, 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 trust me. This is cool. <laughs> this is a big Ryan, deal. This is yeah. breaking will news. break this story, Ryan. I, right. Yeah. I, 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 I dragged him to the, the bookstore just for this. And <laughs> so he, he didn't, he doesn't get it. Um, so, so then I Great look at way his. way to spend vacation, Andrew. I know. That's so, probably what he said. <laughs> so I look at his email again. And I noticed that also in his picture is the new box set. So then I'm like, oh, wait, maybe I don't know how this could be, but maybe the misprints are only in the box set. So then I go and grab a copy of the box set, but it's shrink-wrapped, so I have to buy it first or risk <laughs> right? getting kicked out uh, by Barnes & Noble PD. And so I, I bought it. I tear it open immediately <laughs> after getting out of the store. His name's Michael, by the way, who emailed me. And sure enough, I open the book, and the paragraph is missing. Like ah, interesting. Scandal. Yeah. So so it turns out, at least in my experience, it, I, I I bought a single copy of the Fantastic Beast book as well. Some of these books were printed in the USA. The other half were printed in China, and it looks like the ones printed in China were the ones. At least some of them were missing this extra paragraph. Now the reason I'm even talking about this is it's it's just kind of a cool collector's thing, right? Like a misprinted Harry yeah. Potter book. You know, it, it's it for me, Andrew. It takes me back right. because I think the like the first episode of MuggleCast ever like had a discussion, and I was not on it. It had a discussion of like misprinted Harry Potter copies, either episode one or two of MuggleCast. So you know, this is really old school to get to talk about a misprinted Harry Potter book for any duration of time and have it be like substance, like I because I think this is really interesting, and sure enough. I followed your instructions, uh, which you published on how to get one of these misprinted <laughs> copies, because I, I think your theory is right. Like maybe one day it'll be worth something, or it's just fun to have. Um, yeah, I think you know, it's fun and, to have. And I, I followed your instructions. I went to a Barnes and Noble today, and I bought two books. I bought the the separate one and the one in the box set. So you know, sixty dollars later, um, I have a misprinted or like missing the paragraph book, and I think it's really like I think it's cool. Yeah, right. Um, so when I posted this on Hypable, I got some feedback from other people, and it turns out that there are also single copies of this book out there that are missing the paragraph. So hmm. Scholastic ended up issuing a statement over the weekend, um, and they, I think they 
they may have gotten a little mad at my article because I I kind of made it dramatic in my post. I said an entire paragraph of text is missing <laughs> in the headline, and they in their statement they say three sentences are missing. But those three oh, sentences God. do make a whole paragraph. And uh, I think it's a significant error. And, and, oh, my and God. In their statement, they do apologize. They say, you know, Scholastic takes very seriously the integrity oh, of its yes. publishing. <laughs> of course. Blah, blah, blah. You're going to get somebody fired now. You realize that. <laughs> nah, nah. I think, I think somebody's probably fired. No, but I mean, yeah. it's, it's just it becomes a collector's edition. And yeah, I think it's cool to have. That's that's the, it. But. The, at least you know the hippogriff is one of the beasts we're fairly familiar with due to reading the series itself. Yeah. Um, it, if it had happened to any other beast, we would have been, uh, you know, a little less, uh, we would have been a little, little bit more affected. Um, it was also edition. You, you mentioned Andrew, like uh, an issue of the first versus second edition of the book. Yeah. Or yeah. The, is that the, something different? The, because I can't remember which way it was, but the China one, the one in China was the first printing. So they're both first editions, but then there's also printing, printing number. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, so it gets a little technical, but one of the printings okay. got screwed up. And yeah. um, so, so oh, and also in Scholastic Statement, they did say that all current orders as of the weekend are going to be receiving the correct edition. So these may actually come rare kind of quick so check your books see if it's got two bar paragraphs or one for the hippogriff and by the way it's also a significant mistake because the next 20 pages are out of sync yeah <laughs> that's the funniest like it's actually like i think you can laugh about it yeah because it's it's really like when if we ever do like a chapter by chapter of this book <laughs> which i'm not sure if we've done before to be honest uh we're gonna be like what page is this on Go to you know anything after thirty eight for the next twenty pages. Is it you said? Yeah, it's about uh, is is gone. Like is is one off for if, the page. If yours was printed in China, please turn to page forty one. If it's printed <laughs> yeah. in America, forty three. Yeah, I mean at least they're alphabetical. Like that's the yeah. one saving grace in all of this. Is like it's pretty easy still to find. Yeah. So um, there you go. Fun fact. We're gonna get into the nitty gritty of the Fantastic Beast book. But first, we have another sponsor for the month of March. They are Mac Weldon. They believe in simple, smart, comfortable, great-looking clothing. They promise to be the most comfortable underwear, socks, shirts, undershirts, hoodies, and sweatpants that you will ever wear. They actually invited me to do some shopping on their website, and I was pleasantly surprised by how fun it was to shop the site. First of all, you don't get that experience too often online. And what's cool is that the more you purchase, the more you save. So you get tempted. You get tempted to buy more and to upgrade. So I got a couple t-shirts and some daily wear sweatpants, and I've put them into my weekly rotation, and I'm loving them. They are so comfortable, and probably my favorite part about them is that they're perfect to wear whether you're just being a couch potato all day or if you want to go out. The t-shirts, great for either. The sweatpants, lounging around the house all day, perfect blend. You don't have to worry about changing to, you know, look stylish whether you're going out or not. Guys, we want you to try them, and I think you're really going to like them. And we're going to get you 20% off. Visit MacWeldon.com. Get 20% off using promo code MUGGLE. That's MacWeldon.com. 20% off using offer code MUGGLE. Grab some t-shirts, grab some sweatpants, and enjoy the comfort and style that MacWeldon offers. Let's talk about what happened in the book, specifically Newt's Forward. Micah, do you want to lead us on this? 
Yeah, so uh, as you uh, put together in a nice article on, on Hypable, there was a, a bunch of new information that came out of the forward that Newt wrote, an updated forward, I should say, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Circa, I, I guess it would be 2017. Uh, uh, so one thing to yeah. note uh, in all of this is the fact that Newt is, in fact, still alive. Uh, he's He's around. And, I can't uh, believe that. That's so crazy. <laughs> I've I've done some uh, initial outreach to see if we can get him on the show at some point. Oh, okay. in the not too distant future. Yeah, I figure why not? I mean, it doesn't seem like What's he's he got going busy. on. Yeah, I mean, he's not oh, filming yeah. the new movie yet, so no, no, no. <laughs> so, um, but I, it's interesting. It, the, the forward was um, at least in tone somewhat defensive, uh, in in yeah. terms of. Really, yeah. the the book that has been published um, about him, much along the lines of, of what Andrew was talking about earlier with The Life and Lies of, of Albus Dumbledore, you have Rita Skeeter back at it again uh, with Man or Monster, The Truth About Newt's Commander. And so he is clearly the, uh, the subject of um, a lot of gossip and inquiry on the part of Rita Skeeter. And he doesn't take very well to it. I think somebody like Dumbledore probably, you know, had he been alive at the time of its publishing, was he alive? I, I don't think so, right? He had For already... the life and lies of Albus Dumbledore? No, he, no, was he wasn't, right? So mm. yeah. um, I see him just, like, not really caring too much about it. Uh, but it seems like Newt, like I said, is is a bit defensive um, in, in some of the, uh, the forward and... Um, He's well, accused of being a spy uh, for yeah. Dumbledore back in the in the 1920s, in particular during his trip uh, to New York and um, for spying on uh, Makusa. And so that that got a lot of um, ideas kind of going in my head, particularly, you know, when you're accused of something along these lines and you're willing to put it into print and put it in the forward of a book. um one of the things that I noted here is that just visiting the U.S. to free a Thunderbird, to me now, seems kind of suspect. You know, it's... Well, uh, yeah. He, well, here, here's the brilliance of the forward. Just in, in broad strokes, this is what I think is really smart about the forward. She manages to um, explain why the book was reprinted, right? She's like, she explains that there are now six new creatures that were, you know, most of them are American creatures, uh, and she's able to explain that uh, it has to do with the, the stricter statutes that the U.S. had on beasts at the time. And, uh, in 2001. Pickery. Yeah, in, in 2001 when Fantastic Beasts was, was uh, you know, originally published, uh-huh. Serafina Pickery still had asked him not to include some right. of that stuff to dissuade mm-hmm. uh, tourists from visiting the state. Okay, great. 80, 80 but, years after the fact. Okay. Yeah, but, 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 but she, she manages to, like, also be like, oh, but I still can't tell you about all that stuff that happened with Gellert Grindelwald and me. Uh, be, because, like, it's just become... Uh, like this little bit that's in here has just become declassified. You know, like the the intelligence agencies are always declassifying. You know, certain projects that no longer have national security mm-hmm. uh, relevance. How timely! It's exact. It's extremely like timely, and it's yeah. sort of brilliant. Um, but it's such a 
a a BS excuse. Like it's it's just such a, a excuse not to dive into because we're hearing from Newt. It's it's words that were clearly written, you know, since you know the movie was written. But we're not. He's like, here's some more beast stuff, but I'm not going to tell you anything about Grindelwald. Sorry, kids. Yeah. Um, bye. You know, and and so this Rita Skeeter book is just another way of Newt kind of. He he like answers. I, I'm actually surprised we did get his response on why he would not have been a spy uh, for Makuza, right? He says that um, wizard magi zoologists were actually highly suspect to begin with, so it would have been a really bad cover had he tried to be a spy. I tend to believe that, Micah. You don't you don't seem so sure. Well, of course you would say no undercover wizard would have chosen to pose as a magi zoologist at that period. <laughs> Unless, of course, you were a spy. Right. Well, I don't. Uh, what does he mean there? Does he just say a, a magizoologist is an embarrassing pr- profession? No, I, I think it's dangerous. And, and mm. you know, given the fact that he even says later on that you know, an interest in magical beasts was considered dangerous and suspect, and taking a case full of such creatures into a major city was, in retrospect, a serious mistake. So. Mm. <laughs> But it so gave you a plot movie. for a movie. Yeah, So exactly. don't regret it. I guess uh, my question is, why is J- why did J.K. Rowling decide to f- essentially frame this forward? You said he's defensive in it, which is an interesting way mm-hmm. to put it. Why did J.K. Rowling decide to frame this around Rita Skeeter's book? It, uh, the first thing that struck me was, well, maybe she wanted to tie it into the world of, world of Harry Potter. Obviously, Reed there is that. Skeeter is a prominent figure in Harry mm-hmm. Potter. Yeah. We all believe she would write a, a book as as disgusting as this. Yeah, um, about you know someone that we that we care about. I think it really does bring. I like your idea. Like, I really think it brings the worlds t- together because you have a character like Dumbledore. You have Harry Potter being uh, libeled or, or slandered by by Rita Skeeter, and now you have Newt. So it's like everybody's favorite hero is getting the same unfair treatment that that um you know by Rita Skeeter and I think that's meant to bring us closer to Newt in a way or like you're saying tie it to Dumbledore because he had a very similar work written about him by the exact same person right so maybe after the success of taking Dumbledore down a bunch of pegs she feels she can now tackle sort of the first person and this is interesting this is new from the forward Newt is the first person to have ever captured Gellert Grindelwald mm. um, yep. it is said yeah and, and I just think you know he's he's very defensive in the sense that he's trying to validate his reasoning for for going there i'm not sure he mm. needs to and and that's what makes me wonder why it's even included here uh the whole bit about this book like you were saying andrew uh and and something interesting also that comes out of of this forward is that you know, he went over there knowing that um a curse to kill policy was on all magical creatures at the time. I didn't know that. That I don't think that was yeah. mentioned in the movie. So uh, he's he, we knew he was going into a very tense situation and and something that you know he probably wasn't overly prepared for, uh, which we see play out in the movie. But yeah, this and and 
you know, further down, um, you know, he talks a little bit about his relationship uh, with Dumbledore uh, and and how it's it's more um, than what probably was on the surface, and so uh, that that was another big piece that you know I thought we could we could talk a little bit about. I mean, yeah, Andrew, yeah. in your article, you Let's... noted that there's a 16 year difference uh, between the two of them. Uh, so, age. so it's very, very possible that, that, you know, Dumbledore was a mentor of sorts. Uh, or in to, love. Probably maybe. Not love. Probably not. Here's the quote from the foreword. It says, so it says that it is true that I was the first person ever to capture Grindelwald and also true that Albus Dumbledore was something more than a school teacher to me. More than this, I cannot say without fear of breaching the official magical secrets act or more importantly the confidence that dumbledore most private event of men placed in me he's dead get on with it but yeah (laughs) like this is this is the excuse like this is why it works but it's also like what i hate about whatever i learned today yeah is because like in a few years when more films become like more documents becoming available yeah more documents becoming declassified is just jk rowling's same way of saying when the movies come out and it, um, it doesn't even make sense because if this movie, if this book, this is the Wizards edition, it's a, it says at the top of it, to appear yeah. only in the Wizards version. If this book came out in present day, because he, he's still alive, this book published in 2016 or 2017, whatever, and that happened in close to 100 years ago, why would it still be a secret? It, mm. it, it just, it, it, I don't think, I don't think... J.K. Rowling did the best job with her reasoning in New Well, Voice. especially especially in a post Voldemort world, right? And now we can right. kind of guess about we can kind of guess about Cursed Child that no change ever happened to security, uh, and no change nobody learned anything about how evil uh, like wins and and takes over and all this stuff because security is so crap and lax in that play. But I like to believe that you know. More, more uh, willingness to learn about Grindelwald's backstory and the specific events that – because they're not like happening in little alleys. Entire cities are going to be the battlegrounds of these next movies. Right. Um, you know, it's fairly hard to hush up what Grindelwald's rise to power looked like. And in the same way that we look to Hitler and the Nazis and their obsession with the occult and their obsession with, you know – uh, power and and the way that human beings can commit all of these atrocities, it's a subject of study so that we can prevent it from ever happening again. And a lot of this, you know, hush hush, can't tell you, gonna break a statue to secrecy thing, doesn't really fly when you see that it's really at the detriment of a wizarding world's knowledge at large uh, at preventing this sort of instance from happening again. So if he was really the greatest evil wizard of all time prior to Voldemort, uh. You know, you really want to learn as much as possible, and as much that will ever be known about him should be spoken about, you know, openly in in well, effort of stopping. It's not that. going to be though, because you still have four more movies to make. So, uh, I think it the better question right here is that we need to know what is the official Magical Secrets Act, and what would Dumbledore and and Newt you know, have between them that would be protected by this and not possibly mm. be able to be revealed even 
a hundred years or so after the fact. I think spy. That's that's what we need to figure out. <laughs> What'd you say? Spy. A spy. So if if he says a he spy. wasn't a spy, he he definitely was a spy. Is that what we're going for? Right. Well, there had there had been. I wasn't really aware of this, but there were theories on the internet that Dumbledore was a spy. I don't know if we spoke about that on MuggleCast, but or sorry that that Newt was a spy for Dumbledore before this book came out. Yeah, my personal theory is that that's not necessarily the case at this moment, only because. The letter that we read, which is again not in the movie, but it's where, where was that letter on J.K. Rowling's desk on her website, right? No, um, it was uh, the letter from Newt's brother. Yeah, Theseus. It was le- oh, it was a prop on like the the Hollywood WB Studio tour. Oh right, right, yeah, because yeah, Theseus Theseus Commander is the guy who is appointed. He's a war hero who is appointed to take down Grindelwald. Mm-hmm. It turns out his younger brother Newt actually does that, but. You know, we don't know at all about Theseus, and I think that until the opening of Fantastic Beasts 2, where Theseus Commander dies a horrifying death, which sets the plot in motion and gives Newt a revenge kick, uh, until that happens, I think it's totally Theseus's time to shine, and I don't think Newt is quite, you know, a spy just yet. I think that maybe he's just happened upon this whole bigger wizarding war because Graves was not, in fact, but, Graves. Uh, yeah. There... Th- I'd have to go back and and look at the excerpts from The Life and Lies of Albus Dumbledore, right? But there is some underlying truth in some of what Rita Skeeter publishes. So that's what makes me believe that because of a defensive nature newt here, there could Mm -hmm. be some truth to what she's saying. I don't think, yeah, she's kind of the gossip columnist, but at the same time, I don't know. I I feel like there could be... There could be some truth to what she's saying, and well, and uh, we'll just have to wait I'll, and see. I'll give you that, and I'll give you one. I'll do you one one further here because in this forward, uh, Newt mentions obscurest books, but mm-hmm. doesn't give any explanation to it. Uh, he's sort of glossing over the fact that obscurials and and obscurus is probably the biggest question anyone has after reading the recently declassified documents, <laughs> uh, and just claims. That the first book was, uh, c- you know, commissioned by some guy at Obscurus Books who wanted a definitive account. So it's like, okay, what a convenient name for that bookstore. Like, you ever going to explain that, Newt? He just, I, I do still feel as though we're being not lied to, maybe, but well, he a lie of omission. To explain it. We we know what it means. I mean, and but and so, yeah. uh, and, and it all kind of ties together. I think you know, I'd, I'd love to know what listeners think in terms of what this relationship is or was between Newt and Dumbledore more than just school teacher and, and, and pupil. And, and part of me thinks, and this could get into a whole nother discussion though, that their relationship is centered around what happened to Ariana and her being, uh, an obscurus. An obscurus. Yeah. So, well, theorize. if I was obscurus books, I would be embarrassed right now for, for leaving out a paragraph about the hippogriff. Newt would not be pleased. <laughs> The Obscurus isn't in this new book, is it? This new one? No, no. No, I'm it just... It should be... <laughs> but it is funny how um, even on the back of this new book, I don't know if this was uh, in the original 2001 design as well, but on the back cover it says Obscurus Books in association with Arthur A. Levine Books, an imprint of Scholastic. So I... Obs- yeah, Obscurus definitely was on the original. Okay. Um, yeah. Okay. Because I, re- I actually remember that uh, logo with the moon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Yeah. 
Mm. What else so, did we learn? Uh, just a just a couple more uh, pieces here. Uh, six new beasts, which I think we've touched on a little bit, uh, were mm-hmm. introduced in this book. Uh, three of which were our houses of of Ilvermorny. So I think mm. needed to sneak those in there after uh, that was introduced on Pottermore. So. <laughs> The because, Thunderbird. Because... <laughs> I'm honestly surprised. I'm honestly surprised uh, that they made it in. Yeah, you would think that she would have just chosen them from ones that were already in the book, but uh, Thunderbird, Wampus, Horned Serpent, Horned Serpent, Hide Behind, Hodag, and Snallygaster. Um, they made it in, and uh, probably uh, something I know Andrew wants to talk about uh, was that. There's no more mention of Newt graduating Hogwarts right. in Fantastic Beasts. It's been changed to, quote, left Hogwarts. And I don't think any surprises there, but no. uh, we had talked so, at length about this. Right. And, and I know you were you were big on this as well. Right. So it kind of came to it. So when I think it was the first or second Fantastic Beasts trailer, we learned that Newt was kicked out of Hogwarts. And I kind of raised a fuss about this. I wrote an article about it that that it didn't that little thing in the movie didn't align with the 2001 edition of this book, which said he had graduated from Hogwarts. So when they released when we heard they were releasing this updated edition, I figured that one of the things that they were going to update was this end, because I don't think it makes sense to release a Fantastic Beast book that says he graduated from Hogwarts when in the first movie it says he was expelled. Um, and then we got that additional information through those movie merchandise books, whatever you want to call them. We we got a close look at his file, Newt's file, on hand at Makuza, and it said that he was specifically expelled for a beast getting out at Hogwarts, I think it was. So uh, Yeah, it wasn't his fault, but he took the blame. A Jarvie. So, yeah, right, and 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 we've heard that potentially Lena Lestrange, she Lita Lestrange, she may have been the one responsible for letting that beast out, and that may be why. Uh, and then Newt took the blame, and then he was kicked out, and she may have stayed, and maybe that's why they're on the rocks in the first movie. We'll see in these future movies. We she's definitely going to have a larger role in in the future movies. But as uh, in terms of him leaving Hogwarts it says now I don't know what that really adds I don't know what to discuss but I just yeah. thought it's worth it's just, mentioning yeah we'll learn more uh probably in the next film I would hope about this but I I guess to kind of tie it all together I'm I'm interested to know like how you both feel about this type of information being released like does it does it at least it definitely gives us stuff to talk about but yeah, yeah. Do, do you think it kind of at least keeps you hungry for more Fantastic Beasts in between films? Like, we've had a couple instances now where information kind of slowly trickles out that gives us a little bit more insight into the overall storyline that's being developed here. Yeah. I do like it. I, I do like it. And since we do have two years in between movies for the foreseeable future, mm-hmm. I think it's nice to get these little bonuses from jk rowling i doubt we'll be getting these books every every other year <laughs> yeah like little tie-in books but I, right I, I agree 
I agree. I, I actually do like this updated edition. I enjoy sort of, even though it, it does aggravate me, like the, the amount of information that is still being withheld. Um, yeah. but I'll, I'll deal with that. Um, I will say though, on the subject of these beasts that were added, I just read the hide behind the Hodog, Hodag and Snallygaster. And I really wonder why she picked these beasts that were not, you know, Ilvermorny creatures, are they going to come into play later? Um, and was this just a really good opportunity to kind of hint at them? Uh, because if so, you know, these are Native American, uh, Native to America beasts, and uh, it might signify that we might be coming back to America in a future Fantastic Beasts story. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that could be. It would be so, nice, certainly, by the final movie to get back to America, you would think. It's the only way they're going to win just... another Oscar. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, I mean, I really wanted to see Ilvermorny on film. I'm sorry, but I did. Uh, yeah. You know, forgive me. And I want to see a model room, just like they have at the well, studio tour, but for Ilvermorny. Keep yeah. in mind, though, that, it, I mean, assuming that the the core four stay consistent, you're you're dealing with three Americans. So... Mm-hmm. There's a chance you could come back and you could see Ilvermorny and or maybe it's flashbacks. Who knows? But um, I still think there's a very real possibility that it shifts back to America, maybe not for the entire film, maybe part of the film. And also, I know we've talked about this on other uh, podcasts, but you still have uh, Serafina as the president of Makusa. And and I don't just see her kind of fading away just after one movie i think she's going to play a pivotal role uh moving forward and that idea may be backed up by the fact that she's mentioned in the forward of this a couple times yeah yeah newt tried to seduce her apparently according to rita (laughs) skeeter scandal scandal you know the other thing is that uh there's information i just want to remind the listeners there's information on pottermore about seraphina pickery as well She's mm-hmm. really, really cool. She's really cool. Yeah. And by the way, these new cover designs for Fantastic Beasts, Quidditch Through the Ages, and Tales of Beauty of the Bard are all gorgeous. This is just really something special to have on your bookshelf. Um, and the three books are housed in a container. It says Hogwarts Library. And again, this is this is, was all designed by Mina Lima. Um They've got some shininess to them, too, which makes them extra cool to, to hold mm. in your hand. So I do le- recommend picking these up. Is there a U.K. version of this, too? Because I, I feel like I ordered a U.K. version of this box set. There's the – and I think Eric referred to this when we were talking over text a couple days ago. There's a new copy of the Fantastic Beast book with a dragon on the front in the U.K. Yep. Right. But I don't know if that's part of a box set. Or what? I don't. I don't know either. Um, I did just take the rest of the books out of the box set that I have, though. And you're right, Andrew. The um, sort of glittery, uh, shiny. There's actually a golden snitch on Quidditch Through the Ages, which is really mm-hmm. flipping cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I did something kind of bad. This just reminds me. So so I I so I. <laughs> where, where is there ever an episode of MuggleCast where I'm not talking about being a a, a, a butt? <laughs> So, so no, well, yes and no. So the box set, of course, had the misprinted book. The single edition... You didn't. Did not have the misprint. 
You so, didn't take a so you, good you book. Put it I back. took back the good in the box book. Set. I took the good no, book. No, you didn't. Put it in the box set and returned it to Parts of Devil yesterday and kept the messed up edition for myself. One of your constituents, Andrew, <laughs> is going to buy that box set and it's going to be a fixed mm. copy and they're going to write in and say, Andrew Sam stole my bad misprint book. <laughs> yep. Today's episode is no longer brought to you by BarnesandNoble.com. Well, because look, I didn't need to spend $40 on this box set. I, I just wanted the misprinted copy. So sorry to whoever buys that box set. You know, set. is it bad? I just considered doing the same. It's 60 I paid $60 for 60 I'm keeping the – yeah, it was 57 after tax because I got the $13 uh, Fantastic Beasts. Oh, book single edition. Okay. Single edition and a $33 uh, box set. You know, I'm not going to do it because well, now that you've pointed out these other book Now covers, you know how to return them. I'm just going to keep it. I'm going to keep it. I'm going to keep both books and, and in the hopes that anyone else who buys the box set gets the misprinted copy because I, mm-hmm. I think it is cool. Well, you're a better man than I am. I will say, though, that uh, over uh, on Amazon in the UK, the Quidditch of the Ages and Beetle the Bard are only selling for three pounds. So you, that's pretty cheap pick them up i would think right because nobody wants them but yeah yeah i'm just looking at my purchase (laughs) here so give it give it some advice yeah no that's a that's a good idea that's a good idea um we do have some good news though so on on patreon we launched this new ten dollar tier and by the way this really skyrocketed us towards the weekly episodes so thank you to everybody who pledged ten dollars um, Slug Club members. Yeah. So Slug Club members are able to participate in a monthly giveaway. We did our first giveaway for March. We gave away um, the House Edition books. So Alexa and Bethany are our very first winners. I got in touch with touch with them the other day. We ordered their House Edition Sorcerer's Philosopher's Stones. Excuse me. And they'll be receiving them once they are out in June. So congrats to both of you. We thought for the April giveaway, we'll give away <laughs> two Hogwarts library box sets. <laughs> with, with, with not the one Andrew that stole the bad copy out of. Right, right. right. No, new... These are sealed. <laughs> so, <laughs> so they should have the misprinted fantastic piece with them. I have them right here, and it's going to be our April giveaway. And hopefully, somebody didn't do what I just what I did and sent it back. Well, you've me. now given them all the idea to go and do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, I want to save our listeners some money, no. so maybe. Uh... But no, the complete okay. box set is really nice. The new covers all it's together, really good. Keep it, everyone. So we're going to give away um, two of those to our Slug Club members. On Patreon, yes. there will be a giveaway entry form, and we'll randomly select two people. Mm-hmm. And uh, speaking of Patreon, um, last week I w- found my way to Chicago um, following oh, vacation yeah. in Salt Lake City, uh, Utah, due to the weather. And uh, that prompted us, uh, myself and Eric, to uh, do our first uh, bonus muggle cast of the month. So... Uh, Patrons can go over there and and listen to what we talked about. It was it was a pretty uh, long segment, right? It was it was yeah yeah. It ended up being we just said ten minutes. It ended up being thirty. Mm. Um, well, you guys were drinking, it, right? That's why. Yeah, it's, well, the butter beer, butter beer. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But uh, but yeah, it was great. We revived uh, an old favorite segment and took some uh, some patron questions and and stuff. And we'll, we'll look to do that uh, all the time when we're together again. Actually, Andrew, I'm going to see you very soon. Oh yeah, right. I think second for what what you were talking yeah. about. But yes, we're... I'm coming to your house tomorrow. See you then. <laughs> um, we're we're attending no. a wedding. <laughs> we're attending a wedding together. So beginning of April. So we are, this is our, starting in April, we are going to be doing weekly episodes of MuggleCast. And one of the things we're launching for everybody is a voicemail line. The number is, are you ready? We're announcing it here for the first time. This is for everybody, not just patrons, right? Right. Right? Right. Open up your contacts, contacts app on your phone and get ready to enter this number. You can call it anytime, leave any thoughts, questions, whatever you want, and we'll play them on the show. 920, area code 920. Three, Muggle. That is a Wisconsin area code, by the way. <laughs> I was going to say, where did that come from? <laughs> it was one of the numbers. There, there were also New York area codes, but I thought, let's just go really random and let's do a Wisconsin number. I love to think there's like a little, like a physical drop box in in a field in Wisconsin somewhere that, that all these voicemails are numbers going, to going like, through. Yeah, a digital recorded. Yeah, absolutely. So again, that's nine two zero three Muggle or nine two zero three six eight four four five three. We'll post the number on the website as well. Call at any time. Leave a voicemail. Say whatever you want. Sing us a song. Ask a question. Do your best Micah oh impersonation. God. You can be you can be the first hundred voicemail people to leave a voicemail if you call that number today. <laughs> yeah. I think you know what I'm going to go out and, and I'm just going to do this. The first person to leave us a voicemail, we're go- we're going to give them something. I don't know what it is yet. We'll we'll talk it over amongst oh. ourselves. But the first voicemail on the new MuggleCast line, patrons are calling right now. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how about I'll pull the shrink well, wrap from my Hogwarts library book out of the trash? Uh, how about how about this? <laughs> well, we'll do one the first patron and the first non-patron, so we make it fair. Um, We'll figure. We'll we'll find a way to figure it out. We'll figure out what the prize is. We'll say it on the that next episode. That makes sense. That makes sense. Okay. All right. This way. Just identify fair. yourself as a patron or a non-patron, and then we'll look you up to make sure you're not lying. And then yeah, we'll that's actually it. a really good way of figuring that out. Yeah. On the next episode, episode three one four, we'll be talking about the Fantastic Beast Blu-ray, the special features, the deleted scenes. I think that'll be the most interesting thing to talk about from the Blu-ray. It is coming out March twenty eighth. The digital edition, though, is already available. It just just doesn't have any special features with it. It's just the movie. So Blu-ray will be out soon. And, uh, again, one of the $10 benefits in the Slug Club, it's being able to come on a full episode of MuggleCast. This is the first time we're offering such a thing. So we're really excited to do it. And we're going to start welcoming listeners on, beginning with the next episode. And... Uh, Really excited to do that. We actually have a couple of ideas. Oh, just got our first voicemail. <laughs> it better be good. <laughs> Area code seven oh two. Whoever that is, you're the. Can you play it? Can you play it on the show? Uh, yeah, actually, I can do that oh, real wow. quick. This is real time. This is real time. Uh, what was I saying? So, oh, we have an idea for how to welcome each of the listeners onto the show. That's going to be really oh, fun. We're going to kind of yeah. get their identification, if you will. All right, here's the, here's the first voicemail. This is from this is from Ashley. Hey, this is Ashley Barnes, one of your patrons. You guys are awesome. Can't wait to hear more episodes from you guys. 
And I would love for you guys to tell me if you think that I don't know. I have no questions. I just wanted to call really fast. <laughs> all, all right. We're off to a good wow. start with the voicemails. Wow. Surprise return of the voicemail segment. God, I'm having all the feels right now. Ashley, was that freaky as hell to hear your voice on the show five seconds after recording the voicemail? <laughs> that That's impressive. You know what? That is impressive. I, I think I figured out what the prize will be because you just mentioned it uh, not that long ago. A date with Ashley. Yeah, we, we we could do that. Um, I, I say let's let's give them uh, a copy of Fantastic Beasts on Blu-ray. What do you think? Sure. Yeah. Sure. You gonna so go buy it? <laughs> I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll, don't worry. We'll take care of it. <laughs> that's okay. I could do it. Uh, all right. So well, congratulations, cool. Ashley. Don't go out and buy the movie just yet. You'll be <laughs> we'll getting send it. it. To you. <laughs> we'll send it to you. Technology these days. We get the voicemails immediately. It's amazing. <laughs> Even I, has a, I'm really impressed with technology right now. Even has blown a, away. Even has a transcript. Andrew wants to end the show before I keep giving out more stuff. <laughs> and we're giving away <laughs> Andrew's new car next. Uh, oh man, the third caller. You get a transcript. It auto transcribes. Yeah, yeah. Visual voicemail for iPhone now does that too. Yeah, I it now does have that. Yeah, well, that's what it is. Everybody's actually just calling my phone number. I have a Wisconsin number okay. with with Muggle in it. <laughs> oh, cool. <laughs> All right, so um, one more plug. One more plug for something. We would love. Now, it's a little long, but we would really appreciate it. Um, A company we're working with is asking to have our listeners take a survey. We only need 100 people. It's it's easy to get to. Just go to podcast.study. That's the URL, podcast.study. Now, the survey does take a few minutes. People have said that it's long, and they're right, it is. But but they're simple questions. It'll give us an idea of our audience who is listening. So we would really appreciate that. Again, podcast.study. And just mention in one of the questions that you listen to MuggleCast. That'll help yeah. us get a read on you. We would appreciate that. So that's all for today's episode. It was a fun episode. This is great. Yeah. Yeah. In bonus MuggleCast today on Patreon, we'll be talking about the new theme park expansion. Rumors, the stories, the news is coming out. The info is leaking because Universal is patenting up. They're getting yeah. their I, I thought this was a joke. Then I read the article and I was like, nope, this is actually happening. So <laughs> this, is, this is happening. They got to compete with Star Wars land. They got to have something fresh. And I think this will be their answer to it. So we'll discuss what the Wizarding World in Orlando is planning next. Thanks, everyone, for listening. I'm Andrew. I'm Eric. And I'm Micah. See you next time for episode 314. Goodbye.